with David Ian and Kate Dale. The show that plums the depths of mediocrity, celebrates the ordinary, and enjoys the everyday. Hi everyone, welcome to Mediocre Gay, the podcast. I'm David Ian. And I'm Kate Dale. We didn't agree who was going to start. <laughs> we didn't. So I think what's been mediocre uh, about me this week is any preparation for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Winging it doesn't always work, it turns out. No. You were talking about a survey or something. Oh, I do I, have a I survey. I was pretending to listen. I know. So now I'm going to force you to listen by doing it on a podcast. Great. There's a survey out from Harvard, therefore it's full of clever people, because we know I, mm-hmm. if I was... Better prepared, I would now go into a whole legally blonde uh, repartee thing about Thank goodness you're not. But thank goodness I'm not. Um, But And it was looking at relationships and what makes us happy. And it turns out that people have lots of, um, they call them weak ties. So insubstantial relationships with lots of people every day. So the people you sort of vaguely recognise and say, hello, how are you two? You don't really care about the answer in small talk, which is called, so I love the conversation, phatic communion, which is a phrase I love. Um, those people who have lots of those in what they call a wider social portfolio portfolio are happier than people who are married and who don't have a wider social portfolio. <laughs> and I thought that was interesting. So everyone thinks it's small talk, and I do. I slag off small talk and say, oh, God, it's awful, and it's just blah, 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 what does it mean? And I'm the blah, same person. Blah, blah, I mean... <laughs> I do love small talk. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's no secret that you love small talk. Um, okay. Well, I mean, married people are relatively unhappy anyway, aren't they? Because they got married. Yeah. Well, exactly. So it's taken the drains of Harvard to find out that actually that's true. But so when you're saying hello to, I don't know, the barista in the coffee shop or the, per- the neighbour who you vaguely recognise or, you know, those people and... Surely that's not much of a connection though, is it? What about, like, surely you need people a bit more than that? Well, according to Harvard, you don't. You're not yeah. here. You're not here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh spoiler alert, we have a guest. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> Such a ham. <laughs> I'm like, I'm here too. <laughs> I think it was a very boring introduction anyway, no offence. I enjoyed uh, it. <laughs> well, if you actually read the survey and actually said it, then you would find that not every interaction has to be a deep and meaningful for people to get well-being. The same survey also pointed out that we are not good decision makers when it comes to choosing things that support our well-being. And I don't know if that resonates with you, David. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's quite deep and <laughs> shady. But <laughs> early on. Okay, um, great. Well, thanks for sharing. Do you want to get to our guest now? Yes. Is that okay? Yes. Are you done? I'm done. Great. We've got a guest today, because it would be a bit much if it was just us. Um, So today we have got a stand-up comedian and diversity and inclusion specialist. Izzy Franker is with us. Welcome. Did I say that right? You did. You said it perfectly. I'm never going to say it again. Um, It's lovely to be here. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. I wore my glasses because you mentioned Harvard, so... Yeah, absolutely. So I'm trying to be... what they're saying David's being very dismissive of this and of me which is standard I'm not dismissive of it I just think I just think it's obvious married people are unhappy I mean I don't know if the survey was about that though I think the survey was like lonely people who (laughs) happen to have 
only their spouse as their only yes. contact, which sounds like hell, yes. are unhappy. I mean, as someone who's not married and has no prospects <laughs> of being married, I think the survey is clearly saying married people are unhappy. And it's better to just have casual hello relationships with your barista and the lady in Morrison's. Yeah, which is a problem for you because you don't drink coffee. Dare I say mediocre relationships? Yes. Mediocre relationships. Oh. Better yeah. than deep yeah. relationships. See, now, if you'd have been here in the introduction. <laughs> Which I wasn't. <laughs> I just, I'm so aware. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Yeah. Uh, okay, good. Uh, <laughs> um, diversity and inclusion specialist. Yeah. Tell me more. Um how I got into it. Yeah, all of it, like everything about it. Okay, great. Um, so I started my career in media and I was like, I'm, I live in LA, I'm an actor. And then I was like, I live in LA, I work at BuzzFeed, I'm a social (laughs) media strategist. And then I was like, there's gotta be more to life. Um, and I started just being very curious about people and how we work with people and workplace environment and, mental health within that space and started shadowing the HR team and then was like, oh, I want to do this. I don't want to do social media and strategy, um, even though I love being creative. Like, I want to work with people. So I started looking at kind of more DEI, like diversity and inclusion jobs, because that was something I was passionate about. And at the time, Black Lives Matter was getting really big in the US. And then I moved back to England because my family live here even though my mum's American, so my voice is strange. Um, <laughs> and uh, I started working for Channel 4 as a, um, forgot the name of what I did there. Uh, what did I do? Oh my gosh, it's gone out of my brain. Creative diversity. So that's when you're working with production companies on who's working for them on their shows behind and front of camera because there's massive wow. discrepancies yeah, yeah. Um, across the board, you know, whether it be gender, race, non-binary LGBTQ plus people so I started doing that was very interested in it and so that's like Channel 4 has a a whole role to make sure that the part because they have a lot of outside production companies right Mm -hmm. and so to make sure that they have a diverse workforce yeah like a diverse portfolio and workforce of people Um, and so I was based in Bristol so they opened this Bristol office it was mad like I got the job in LA Moved to Bristol, having never been to Bristol. How was that? Uh, Amazing. But also I was like, huh, maybe this is a diversity problem in and of itself in that I'm representing the Southwest and I've never been to the Southwest. So I think a lot of people were angry at, like, who's this, like, young American lady being like, yeah, you should have, you know, they were like, what about working class white people who grew up here? And I was like, that is a fair point. So, yeah, it didn't work out for me. But... (laughs) it was very interesting and I think the reasoning behind it is very important like the reason that they want to have diverse shows and they want to actually monitor it um is really good even if it feels a bit tick boxy I really love that I never knew that they had something like that I remember when I was at drama school we had loads of really interesting conversations where they were one particular teacher I wonder if I'm gonna mention her anyway Shannon Ashlin um she's an amazing well, she started as an actor and now she directs and like, she's utterly amazing. And she, one thing she was really trying to do was instilling instilling us that it's like all of our responsibility to ensure that we are on a set that is diverse, that has women on it, that has LGBT people on it, that has people of colour and to call it out when you don't 
like when that's not the case. A hundred percent. It's it's on all of us. So the fact that that exists as a role, like I love that. It was conversations that I found really interesting, like basic white straight men just couldn't understand why they would maybe turn down a job. Basic white straight men just couldn't understand like why they would have that responsibility, why they might turn down that job. Because that, and even now on a bill, like I try my hardest to not be on a bill that's all male, which is actually way harder than you think that it's going to be. It's shockingly um, hard, actually. Because yeah. I don't like, I don't want to turn up. I mean, I've turned up a few nights, and the MC is a woman, and the rest of us are all men. And at that point, I'm like, mm, this still doesn't feel quite right. But but I won't do a night where it's just men mm. because it is our responsibility. It's only us that is going to be able yeah. to change it. Like being in the like to out the, there doing it. To the point, David, would you then leave that night? That's a yeah. big ask. Yeah. Well, yeah, 100 That's a huge ask on you, yeah. but it makes sense why you would feel that way. And well, or like, actually, it's it's great that you feel that way. Yeah, but way the thing is, it's not, um, there's, no, there's no excuse for it. Yeah. yeah. There just isn't. I mean, yeah. in the night that we run for, or the nights that we run for Queer Comedy Club, we take it so far that, that we had a, we've got a night coming up where we've struggled to, we've realised we haven't got enough men. <laughs> we only had one man on the yeah. lineup. Um I, I just think it's really important, and I think it's on men to do some of the heavy lifting. Mm. Yeah. Just like think, it's on white people to do yeah, some yeah, of the heavy lifting. Yeah, absolutely. And straight people yeah, of colour, so yeah. For queer. And um, I think it's really good as well that they're looking at it um, as well. It's not just who's in front of the camera, it's not just the on-screen mm. talent, but who's working behind and in all aspects of it as well. Because like, that's sometimes... Especially yeah. writing as well, because it's so yeah. common for like, oh, look, there's a story about people of colour, but it's been written from a white perspective. Or, oh, look, there's... Like, LGBT stories so often in the past have been written by straight people, mm. and so it only comes from that lens. Or, very true, or what's happening is you bring in a person of colour who's yeah. a very talented writer, and you're like, you're going to tell the slave story. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. you know, like forcing, pigeonholing women into only telling stories about the female narrative and yeah. periods, which is great, but we can write about more than that. Like, if yeah. I wanted to, well, no, I could not. But <laughs> I think write about cars. Some people could. Some people could. <laughs> I can only write about periods. Don't <laughs> 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 ask me to write about cars, please. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. welcome to the car podcast with yeah. And can you, can you say who you work for now? Is that allowed? Yeah, that's allowed. So, um... Yeah, after Channel 4, I decided to do actually a master's in psychology because I realized I I loved that work, but I wasn't really on set. I wasn't actually around people very much. I was looking a lot at numbers and data, which super important, but not my bag. And so I was like, no, I want to work with people more. And so I did that. And then now I work in talent for Pink News. So I basically do all of their hiring and onboarding of new people and helping hiring managers with deciding like, what are we asking people and why and who are we bringing in to interview and how are we like widening our workforce um, and like the perspectives that people bring to Pink News, which is really fun. Amazing. Yeah. And important. Yeah. Yeah, important. I hope so. <laughs> but again, like I'm very new to it. I'm learning too. So um, it's been a really nice, like cool journey. Trajectory. Great. Okay. What does mediocre mean to you? So I was thinking about this and I was like, okay, it's middle of the road, it's average, but it's not like bad. And then I thought it's like when you have sex with someone, it's good, but you don't masturbate or masturbate about it afterwards, like down the line. Does that make sense? So like... <laughs> David, do like, we need to remind you what sex is? I mean, yes. But do you... you people, 
I, I can't believe I said masturbate. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> that either. was a weird moment for me. It sounds I, so much filthier, doesn't it? I'm slightly a bit unpleasant <laughs> and uncomfortable, but yeah, masturbate. It's just because, yeah, my voice. Um, you guys are British. I'm ish American. Do so. I frequently, if I've had good sex mm. with someone, whether it be an ex or whatever, I will think about that again. It goes in the bank. down the line. It goes in the bank, but. Mediocre sex is like great. I've got I got what I needed, but I'm not going to think about this again. I'm not going to like touch myself to this. <laughs> but it can apply to all walks of all all types of life situations. David, when you set up sex. this this podcast, did you think that you'd end up on a sofa between two women talking about masturbation? No. Are you upset? <laughs> That's a DEI violation. <laughs> No, I just doing an intimacy co- an intimacy coordinator. I didn't know. Um, I didn't know that's what people did. Yeah, and some people don't. I have friends who like only look at porn or read erotica. I don't know anyone that just reads erotica, but but to each their own. It's well, like yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do you want a new example? Was that <laughs> no? What a great! I totally, I completely know what you're talking about. Uh, I, Is this a thing? Other people in the just give me a, yeah? Sometimes. Yeah. 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 Not always, but sometimes. Not very often. Yeah. Okay. Or sometimes during sets. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's fun too. If the sex isn't good enough, and you're yeah. like, I need something else mm-hmm. to help me. Actually, well, that is a great example of mediocre sex. During the sex, you're thinking about other sex. But you're still wanting to be in that sex. I was going to say, I wish we were talking about something I had more experience with. You're looking very Mary Whitehouse right now, by the way. So, yeah, something very middle of the My road. My whole show is about sex. <laughs> middle of the road, average, mainstream, but not necessarily mainstream that everybody knows and loves. Like, Taylor Swift is mainstream, but we all love her, except for the people that really hate her, but whatever. Haters gonna hate. Yeah. Have oh. you listened to the new album? I have, yeah. Not, like, extensively. So I'm like, well, okay, it sounds. Okay, okay, nice good, sounds. good. So I can't think of any elegant segue on from that, really. <laughs> so I'm not even going to try. This is going to be real probably this morning clunk about it. But uh, can you tell us something that you think is amazing but other people think is mediocre? Yes. <laughs> I was thinking about this. I actually wore them as props. <laughs> See, this I is think smiley faces. Oh, my God, they're on your earrings. Yeah, they're on my earrings. And I have a smiley face tattoo that's like very medium. Um, for like, anybody that's not, wave at that camera, but anybody that's not watching, anybody that's listening, we're talking about like pencil drawing smiley face, like two yeah. dots and a line. Yeah, two dots and a line, like your classic yeah. little circle smiley face. I think very beloved in pop culture by many people, including me, but very mediocre. Like not what talent, like I can draw a smiley face. What do you love about them? They really lift me up. Like, I know that sounds really cheesy, but like... That might be the most American thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy for me. All I need is a little pencil drawing. Black <laughs> Lexapro. I don't need anything else. Exactly. Like, oh dear, women's rights have gone back 20 years, but there's a smiley face. Great. <laughs> See? Super problematic, I love them. <laughs> um, yeah, like, they just make me feel, like, giddy and giggly and, like, I got this tattoo in a very, like, 
strange way. And so I think maybe I've got that attachment. You've got the tattoo oh, in a strange way. You need to know that story. <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, with someone for a long time in LA. Uh, we were. Sorry, right, you can say a man. One of our few straight guests. Yeah. We do let them in very occasionally. Thank you. <laughs> and they do pay. Very high threshold of acceptability, but you pass. Wow. Oh. So you're with this guy. Yeah. So I was with someone in a relationship. I'd had an awful day. My car had been towed and I'd had to pay loads of money to go get it. I'd missed work. I'd had all these important meetings, yada, yada, yada. So this guy grew up in Utah and he was like, we're going to organize what Mormons call a family home evening, which this was a Monday. And they do this thing on Monday nights where they sit around together and they have a meal and they play games. Essentially, they just have a normal family dinner, but they've called it family home evening. Okay. And he was like, but we're going to make it like fun. So This I, is just the two of you. And his roommate. Oh, so right. he pulled her into it because he was like, you've had a shit day. So he surprised me with family home evening, which involved like loads of shots. Then we went out and pretended it was my birthday. So we got like free cake. Yeah, and like, nice. Yeah, it was very yeah. sweet. It was, uh, yeah, it was nice actually. So then he was like, and now we're getting tattoos. And for the context, he had loads of tattoos. So that's what I everyone had wants. No it's tattoos. a surprise tattoo. <laughs> so then at first I was like, no, 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 that's too much. Like, We've had a nice family home evening. I'd like to go home. <laughs> um, but then I had more shots. And then I was like, we're having tattoos. And so he was like, oh, what are you going to get? And I was like, as a kid, in my yearbooks, I used to write in everybody's yearbook, keep smiling. So then I was like, no, but not in a creepy way, in a like. <laughs> not in that voice. <laughs> yeah, like, like keep smiling, have a great summer, Izzy. So then I thought that was really deep. So I was like, I'm going to get a smiley face tattoo to remind myself to keep oh. smiling. <laughs> That's how they said it <laughs> on my arm. Wow. Did it so yeah, so it was a drunk tattoo. And it's it's very small, which is good. But I was laughing too much. Which one is it getting smi- on? Oh, it's smiling for other people, not it's for you. It's smiling, yeah, which is also a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's frowning for you. Well, no, it means his face is down. on his head, like with, yeah. doing a handstand. Yeah, kind of how life is. Oh, like <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. How did you feel the next morning when you woke up, presumably with a bad head and mm. a sore arm? Yeah. How did I feel? I had regrets, or was it? I'm glad I did that. No, I was glad. I was is it, have you got any other tattoos? I have one other one. Yeah, it's on my ankle. And it's like deep and meaningful. Right. It's my dad's handwriting. Oh. Yeah. He's not dead or anything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we just assumed. Oh, I'm waiting now. Oh, We're like, bring us your trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Come back That's when he's so gone. <laughs> but yeah, so I really, I, yeah, I like smiley faces. I, I was going to, I keep talking about getting a tattoo. My mum used to say to try and cheer me up when I was in whatever doom and gloom, tailspin, there's been many. And with all this, and it's, um, it's actually quite a little nice, but this too shall pass, which I was going to get, which I really like. Both you mean your mum didn't invent the phrase, this too shall pass? <laughs> okay, eight-year-old me didn't know that, and my mother is dead, so... Trauma. Yeah, so yeah. therefore, yes, you see, correct response, thank you. Is it, it was a while ago. Wow. That's okay. Your grief is valid. Thank you. Thank you, Izzy. Yeah, it's like... Look at the smiley face. It's fine. I'm going to say this better about it now. <laughs> Maybe I'll just get that. Where would you have it? Well, this is, I've thought about down the ribs, but then that's going to hurt, isn't it? I quite like the idea of having one which I could show to people when I wanted to, but wouldn't always be on display. Um, and also, but then... 
it's the commitment thing. I got a bit scared, A, of the pain, but B, of what if I change my mind and I don't like it? As thinking too much about it, it's one of those things you have to be certain you want it, I think, but not think too much yeah. about or just what be happens drunk. in the future. Or just be drunk. But yeah. not too drunk. Like, I was consenting. Yes. Which... I signed a waiver. Do you have to sign a waiver? Yeah, you have to sign a waiver saying you're not drunk. But you were drunk. <laughs> but see, you lied. <laughs> they must have known you were drunk, surely. Yeah, I mean, come on. It was Hollywood. Like, they don't care. Do you have to sign a waiver in the UK? Maybe. I don't know. I've never had a tattoo in the UK, actually. Um, okay. I cannot answer these important questions. Yeah. I, it, mm. yeah. But yeah, it's a nice memory. I mean, I'm not with him anymore. And the relationship was quite traumatic in a lot of ways. But this was a nice... See, what's nice is it's a non-specific memory, exactly. isn't it? So it's not like his name or anything. Oh, that yeah, it's not a memory him. of him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a memory of a time in my yeah. life. And it's like, yeah, and like these, I don't know, my mum gave me these for Christmas. Oh. I think there's a theme of yeah. just like, I enjoy... And I will say, places. I do think the night that he gave you because you're having a bad day sounded like a nice night. I'll give him yeah. that. That That's was nice. excellent. Yeah. 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 He was good. very good at things like that. Yeah. Although, why is it called a home night when you were not in the home? Well, we were in, we started in the home. So you just extended it? It's, it's because it fell on a Monday and him and his roommate were from Utah. So in Utah, family home evening is always on a Monday. They, they didn't grow up Mormon, but they grew up around Oh, is it, a, is it? It's a religion. It's a religious thing. Yeah. So it's like it was a Shabbat on Friday or something. Is yeah, exactly. Home? Yeah. But, okay, Mormons yeah. are the ones that are always walking down around the streets. Yeah, like trying to trying convert, convert you. Us, yeah. It's the fastest growing religion because they still proselytize. Which I'm always like, yeah, that, that word, I'm always like, I'm going to say prosthetic. There's a lot of them around where I live. Yes. We've discussed this We've before discussed and I've realised I don't want to say it on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> also, because a lot of Mormons might be consuming this content. They might. Yeah. Seems unlikely. Uh, it doesn't yeah. seem like a core demographic, but you know, you you're know. very welcome to listen if you are. I don't know, I've seen a few videos true. online that suggest they are our <laughs> <Yeah>. core demographic. <laughs> You see, that's why you're not having to remember sex to masturbate. I didn't say that. <laughs> did I just make assumptions there? <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm surprised yeah. because I, with like a, a pencil drawing of a smiley face, I wouldn't even think as a thing. And then you've managed to talk for like 15 <laughs> minutes. No, not at all. But what I mean is like, I was yeah. like, yeah, okay, that's a real thing. Yeah. I just think they're everywhere. They're very yeah. ubiquitous. Yeah. But... They are quite mediocre. Like, why have we become... Why is it that they are everywhere and it's something that we're like, oh, yeah, I want that T-shirt with a smiley face. It's, but it's Isn't it to do with drugs? Yeah, yeah, someone's nodding. It's to do with drugs. Oh, yeah. my God. Did you not know that? It's very part of uh, Summer of Love in the 90s and uh, Ecstasy. And, yeah. But it predates like that Nirvana. as well. Like yeah. Nirvana. Yeah. Did they do a lot of drugs? <laughs> well, did they do... I don't know. No, I'm no, not... No, no. Yeah. Um, but it, huh. it pre I love that you didn't know this. Yeah, now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> when I went to see... Oh, the, my one time going to Glastonbury, uh, and Fat Boy Slim was there, and they gave us all these glasses, which had little smiley faces in the lenses, that when you when they put a certain light on, you looked at it, you saw lots of little smiley faces, and that's when you were supposed to pop your pill if you were doing that. Because then it yeah. would work out how many... To basically give it time to kick in before they then did the... the we might be taking all of this out. Before they then did the drop or whatever, got the music up to the level. Wow. Wow, okay. So, yeah, massive, massive bass head. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was from his not face. But, you know, yeah, wow. <laughs> That's why I love smiley faces. 
because you're always whacked out on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, in high school, a lot of people thought that me and my friends did drugs a lot, but we were just really weird. <laughs> we didn't even drink. Like, but people were like, you were fucked this weekend. <laughs> Saw the pictures on Facebook. <laughs> it's just us, like... Oh, God. <laughs> okay, uh, what do you think is mediocre about you? Uh, a lot of things are mediocre about me, but... Uh, no. no. <laughs> you have to say that. No, we don't. Like, you're like, trust me, all the other guys. <laughs> We've um, had some people on. No, we yeah. haven't. But we only pick people that we don't think are is, mediocre. Yeah, the problem right. with the podcast is you ask people to be on it and say, oh, we're doing this great podcast called, well, I think it's great, it's called great. Mediocre Game. We think you'd be perfect. And they're like, oh, that's rude. Yeah. But we're asking people because they're not mediocre. Yeah. Well, that's very kind and I will accept that compliment. I think something mediocre about me is, so I think... We're all prone to jealousy. It's like a very sort of normal human emotion, comes up in different ways for different people. I wouldn't say I'm like a romantically jealous person, but I think I get jealous about things that are very mediocre, like like someone else doing something that I have no interest in doing myself. <laughs> and then they're like excited about it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, why didn't I? Like, like recently I was like, oh, I haven't written my book yet. <laughs> like, I don't want to write a book, I don't think. <laughs> like, how mediocre is that? Like, instead of focusing on my life and my accomplishments and the things that bring me joy, like, weighing myself down with random envy feels very mediocre. Do you get jealous on the comedy circuit? Are you jealous of other comedians? Sometimes, but then I remind myself, like, A, we're all on our own journey. There's a lot of space for everyone. And B, I'm figuring it out still. Like, I am not someone who's been necessarily honing my voice in comedy for years and years, and it's not the only thing I do. So I have to step back and be like, I'm the type of person I love to do a lot of things. I've always been like that. And I recently was diagnosed ADHD, so it makes a lot of sense. And... And like ninety percent of comedians having ADHD, and it's something I always disliked about myself, where I wasn't like having one calling, where like Mm. this is the thing, and then I'm going to be on the Forbes thirty under thirty list for this thing, because I'm also very like the the American in me is like must win things, yeah. Um, And I think that accepting that that I like a lot of different things and I'm always going to pursue a lot of different things has helped decrease my jealousy actually. So an acceptance of your natural state. Yeah, and an acceptance Mm. of, like, I'm probably not going to be the person that puts all my energy into this one thing, so I shouldn't get jealous of somebody else who has done that or hasn't done that, but that one thing's working out for them because lots of things will and have worked out for me in my life. Like, you have to come at it from a place of abundance, which sounds very, like, manifesty. But, you know, like, the world is abundant. There's space for all of us. I love that and there's it's getting away from the mentality that for me to for me to win you you no for me to win <laughs> someone else has to lose which is we get locked into yeah. really yes. really well there's, which I think is mediocre yeah Brene but Brown, I do it all the time yeah. Brene Brown talks about scarcity being a big problem and that's what you're describing is like we're all worried that oh because they've got that I can't have it yeah and you're right it's infinite so yeah I just I do think in the comedy circuit on general there can, in general there can be quite a lot of jealousy and I find it in myself like when there's somebody that you sort of feel like you're at the same level and then they go and they take a step up and you're like oh it can be just for a split second of course um, but it's really hard because it is like a natural it, thing it can even happen in one night if you're on a, a gig and somebody else does really well and yeah. and you can have that thing of being pleased for them at the same time as 
feeling like as if there's only so much love to go around and they've had a bigger piece yeah. of the pie. Yeah. And that you're going to have automatically less as opposed to thinking, actually, that raises, raises us all oh, and makes a better night. I find and that it's really... a split-second thing, but it can be. I find yeah, it really interesting, though, that you yeah. have sort of dealt with that by looking at yourself. Yeah, well... What do you mean by that? Well, so you've gone, well, this is how I do a thing. So you're like, I'm I'm focusing on lots of things rather than this one specific. So your answer to it has actually come from you. Mm, or is it that I fear failure? So I'm like, well, don't worry, I'm a jack of all trades. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Do you fear failure? Yeah, massively. Yeah. Mm. Very afraid of failing. I think that's why I also like to do a lot of things because then you can't really fail at one thing. But I, that's true, but it's also a very negative interpretation. That's a sort of self-beating up interpretation yes. of that, isn't it? And I I think, A, I've got loads of thoughts on this, but um, surprise. But I think there's something around um, embracing uh, doing something in your life, not brilliantly. Yeah. Um, and, just, and, and enjoying that, enjoying the not being perfect at everything, yeah. I think is really good. And it's taken me quite a lot of years despite not being good at much, to actually accept that and be okay with that. It's so hard. It's, um, but then I also think there's something interesting in what you're saying, which I think combines with you, your DNI speciality yeah, as well, about that there is space for everyone. This is not about saying, oh, now it's the turn of this people to do that. Now it's the turn of that. We can have more. We can be included more. We can hear and see and represent more people and more people can be at that table. I do think I'm, yeah. Yeah, I think there's something in there that comes at that growing spaces rather than, it being in either is really interesting. Hmm. I think, um, from, like, so f- failure, I think, is really interesting. I failed a lot in my life, like, at, at various different levels, some of them at enormous levels. And um, it used to be something that I did fear. And Renee Brown, who seems yeah. like you're familiar with, who I am obsessed with, her big thing, her whole ethos is that um, if you are brave enough, often enough, the only thing you can guarantee is that you will fail. And if you're not failing, you... Basically, you're not being brave enough. You're yeah. not in the arena. So, like, failure, to a point, is a badge of honour. Oh, like, massively. You put yourself out there, you tried, and it really it is about what you do after that. It's what you, how you then learn from that, how you pick up yourself, how you get on with it. Mm. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily get any easier. It's still, yeah. like, it's still horrible. I mean, I had a very recent failure this week, oh, that was, which was really oh. hideous. Um, and, um, but it's because I put myself out there. And, um, yeah, it's to learn from, like, I had yeah. to analyse it, What? why was it a failure, what was bad about it. Uh, you've got the really awkward, like, the shame spiral of having to tell people. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, this is horrible, this is what's happened. But, like, owning it and owning that story mm. takes its power away from Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Because shame can't live when it's shared. So you have all of that, and then you just, like, deal with the fact that you do feel rough about it and then like move on from the failure so and try something again or try it again or try something else exactly but I think that's the same as owning I guess that's what I'm trying to say by coming on here and saying when I get jealous it is mediocre it is that owning of like you know people do get jealous I'm not the only person in the world that gets jealous you've both had very similar scenarios to me of jealousy at gigs or whatever and it's like being like okay this is relatively mediocre in that actually it's quite an average feeling that we all yeah. deal with. Yeah. And so what is that about? Can I examine myself? Can I just accept that? That's the next stage yeah. of my, yeah. that's part of do me. With it. And then I can change elements of yeah. it or I can just take a moment, breathe, 
I don't know. It's like it's a family of emotions, feelings, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Sitting, yeah which I'm always banging on it? about. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I learned more from you, actually, and massively helped me in other things as well. But just sitting with uncomfortable feelings and just accepting them for mm-hmm. what they are, and it, it, that takes the power away. But trying to suppress them gives them more power. It's like any force, isn't it? If you it hold does. it down, it will spring up more in your face. Do you think that... Um, so this is very stereotypical and reductive, possibly. Uh, but our perception, certainly my perception of the US culture being far more forgiving of people who've tried and failed and get oh, up yeah. and try again yeah. and Massively. a lot less shame in bankruptcy, for example, because at least they went out <laughs> there and did that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how true that is. I mean, bearing in mind, this is me watching US TV and films. No, I think that's a really valid point. So I moved to the US when I was 15. So in the middle of high school, and I had gone to British, mainly Are you British Lindsay girls. Lohan and was it mean girls? <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I'm from Africa. <laughs> oh no, wait. That's my no, Rachel Gold no. for me. <laughs> no. Strikes out. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so I moved there. My mum is American, and I thought, well, I grew up going here, my grandparents live here, like, it's the same language. It will be a very easy transition. But I do think I went to like mainly girls schools in England, which were great in some ways. But I do think there is a even in this podcast and listening to previous episodes or whatever, like there is a British thing and um, in the comedy circuit as well, where the best way to be is to be super self-deprecating yeah. and yeah. never really accept compliments proper, properly. And like, I think that's getting better, but it's still yeah. very British. Versus I do think in America, there is this idea of try it, own it, be really loud about your trying yeah. it, then turn the fact that you failed into a presidency. As yeah. like, yeah. oh well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, like, it can go too yeah. far. It can go too far. <laughs> but I will say we grew up with or American kids do grow up with a more pushed upon them sense of inherent self-esteem yeah. that people talk about private school kids in England yeah. having. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, I, I think, think that's a big part of how I was raised by my mom and then moving there. Um, there's elements of issue with it, but I do think that is a fundamental American value. I think that's self-worth and self-esteem. And yeah, I mean, we have seen, I would suggests that we've gone, it's gone too far in this country as well in recent um, months, years. But yeah, that inherent self-worth and that self-belief that I can and entitlement can also go too far. But that, I, that feeling that I deserve this is a good feeling that actually more people should be having. The problem in this country, I think, is that too few people have it and therefore it gets concent- concentrated in those privately educated straight white men usually. But um, That's a yeah. good point concentrated in certain spaces yeah, whereas if more people thought, yeah. oh, I deserve this. it is kind of an underlying tenant of the mm. american dream which obviously has many flaws and isn't yeah. working out but yeah it's nice to meet people like my american friends do have this sense some of them of like of course i will succeed yeah or like i'm gonna do this thing yeah. and oops that didn't work out now i'm doing it again or i'm doing the next thing i'm watching um a tv show about elon musk at the moment and i mean i don't like him as a person but um really interesting like I can identify yeah. that like he pushed everything to the nth degree mm. and nearly lost everything but just ploughed on regardless and but yeah. he had a huge financial safety net doesn't he 
And he's a much no, easier to do that he, if you're not going to be. But when he invested in SpaceX and Tesla and it was all going wrong, he hadn't. He borrowed everything. He had nothing. He, he I got didn't two hundred and fifty million dollars from his share of PayPal. Everything ended up invested in SpaceX and uh, Tesla, and he couldn't. The rockets didn't fly, and nobody wanted to buy the cars, and it was too expensive to develop them. And he everything he had was in it, and he'd had to keep borrowing money. And he was a laughing stock for like five or six years. I mean, therapy for his insecurity and worries about his penis size would have been a lot cheaper. I'm sure. I mean, but thanks for undermining my point. <laughs> I mean, I, I also want to clarify, I don't have that level of self-esteem. <laughs> probably because I was raised in England. I'm thinking <laughs> do an amazing space programme and I would absolutely buy tickets Thank to be you. on your thanks. space programme. <laughs> right. Other than where we can find those tickets, where can we find details of your gigs and everything yeah. and where we can come and watch it be funny? Great. Um, so I do have Instagram. I am Isa Fran Graham. Should probably change it to my actual name. <laughs> Too late now. Isa Fran Graham. Do you need to spell that out? Yeah, sure. I Z Z A F R A N G R A M. Um, but my name Magic. is Izzy Franca. I do have a website, IzzyFranca.com. I also have a thriving LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> never thought about promoting my LinkedIn oh, like, no yeah. absolutely not it's just my name <laughs> <laughs> Izzy Franca it's pretty popping over we'll there find you in all of those places <laughs> amazing thank you so much for coming thank that you was for really having great. me this was really That's- fun great so uh, thanks for watching you can find me on Instagram at Mr David Ian or on my website davidian.co.uk and you can find me on Insta at KTS Dale thanks for listening see you soon bye, bye. for listening to Mediocre Gay, the podcast. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps other people find the show. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Mediocre Gay Pod or share your mediocre secrets with us on MediocreGayPod at gmail.com.